Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Good afternoon and welcome into Grant and Danny on this Wednesday. No Danny today. He is out. He doesn't have a voice. If you were listening yesterday, his voice started to go right around 4.30. He limped to the finish of the show. I mean, he was army crawling across the 6.30 start-finish line. Barely got the tag on the ropes to the overtime hosts and producers. And they came in and cleaned house after that. But this is both good news and bad news. If you are a regular listener to the Grant and Danny radio program. We'll start with the bad news. My pal's out. I like working with Danny. He's a good buddy of mine. We've been doing this together since 2014. You don't like when your friends are under the weather. Now, technically, he's not sick. He just can't speak. His voice just won't allow him to make sounds. But he actually feels 100% healthy. Most jobs, you could just go, sit at your desk, click away on the computer, do what you got to do. Radio, you got to be able to talk, though. So if you can't do that, it really becomes difficult to post. And that's why he's not here. So that's the bad news. Okay, we'd like Danny to be here. He's a good guy to be around. He's, he's fun to have at the office. And he helps lift the boulder that we need to push up a hill over the next four and a half hours. Here's the good news. When Danny's out, generally business starts booming. When Danny misses time, things happen. The last time he was out, the commanders landed Eric Bieniemy as their offensive coordinator. Some of the greatest hits on this list include Bryce Harper <laughs> leaving Washington, D.C. I'm not saying that great things always happen. I'm just saying Big news does break when Danny isn't around. And we had a lot of people come to us when Danny was out last and Biennemi took the OC job here in D.C. and said, Danny, would you mind carving out a couple of days when you're unavailable in March? The idea being, maybe, just maybe, we could get this team sold. Well, it's March 8th. The owners did meet in West Palm Beach within the last 48 hours. And we do have the end of the month Biltmore Phoenix, Arizona Hotel winter meetings of sorts or spring meetings. I don't know. What do they call these things? Owners meetings coming up in the NFL. Now, it doesn't seem like this is a perfectly timed absence for Danny because I don't know that the the football's at the goal line just yet to help us punch it across for the Dan Snyder sale. So this would be an all-time accomplishment if Danny could get this team sold in the next day or two if he's not able to speak and he misses a couple of shows. But we've doubted him before. We have assumed before that his powers of missing a show and making something happen wouldn't be able to pull off the unthinkable, and we've been wrong when we've doubted him. So let's see just how powerful the Danny Ruye not participating in a show curse really is. I'm excited to to garner some results. A couple of things from last night before we get into the big stories of the day. First and foremost... It's 2023, 
And I watched Roger Bernardino play baseball yesterday. How in the hell did that happen? I'm going to say that again. You remember Roger Bernardino from like nine years ago? The guy who was not a particularly great baseball player then? (laughs) World Baseball Classic. Last night, Team Netherlands. Oh, my God, it's Roger Bernardino. Like, this must be his son. Nope, it's him. Roger Bernardino, man. And the best part about seeing Roger Bernardino was that his stats get flashed on the screen. And I love the shark. That was my dude. He would go gap to gap, cover ground like a Doppler radar in center. That was my boy. They, they flash his stats on the screen. Zero home runs in like 40 games in the Dutch league, whatever he plays in. He somehow had a 925 OPS. Averaged about a run batted in per game and had not homered. Some things never change. My guy, Roger Bernardina. Made a good catch last night. John Carlson is skating again for the Capitals. Atta boy, Carly. I don't know what actually happened. I think it was uh, our guys over at Russian Machine Never Breaks who had a report at some point, and I hope it was them, and I'm not attributing something to them that they didn't say, but someone had alleged or acknowledged that maybe his ear at some point had been the recipient of some of that puck contact and that there had to be a procedure done to basically put the side of his face back together. What happened with John Carlson was really, really scary. If you guys were watching live right around Christmas time, I think it was the day or two before Christmas, was when Ovi broke the record. It was one of the more, frankly, like petrifying scenes you're going to see where guy takes a puck up high, goes to the ice, blood's everywhere, and he has to be helped off the ice. We have not seen him since. I've seen him kind of in limited capacity in some of the videos that his wife has posted on social media, but never really his whole face, and he's kind of off in the distance playing with the kids. So to see that he is back skating on the ice is a really big deal. And in fact, we had Brian McClellan, the GM of the Capitals, on the show Going back a couple of nights ago, that interview is still on our site at grantanddanny.com. If you want to go podcast it at some point, he was really, really good. But I asked him, is Carlson going to play again this season or with this year all but over effectively in terms of the playoffs? Do you just shut him down and, and tell him to come back starting next year? And he made it seem like Carly was going to give it a go and they wanted to get him back on the ice playing this season. So this, I would say, is a, a big step and a glide of the skates toward that as he was skating around with the Caps today. But there is a lot to get into. We got Aaron Rodgers possibly on the move. We got Daniel Jones breaking the bank after one productive season with the Giants. Quarterback market is a moving and shaking. We'll be busy today on Grant and Danny. Want to start with a quick tip of the cap to the Wizards. It wasn't easy. Probably should have been a lot easier than this. A two-point win over the Pistons, 119-117 on the road. Beal really good, 32-7-7. The big three. All on the floor at once. That is allowed to happen, apparently. All three played. Beal, Porzingis, Kuzma. They combined for 79. You don't lose when that happens. But it was Daniel Gafford who scored the game winner at the horn. Believe it or not, the first buzzer-beating win for the Wizards, where the shot actually wins the game, goes through the basket as the horn sounds, since Beal hit a game winner back in 2014, nine years ago. There's Brad, three seconds to go. Brad with the floater. No, but Gafford is there for the put back as the Wizards come on the road and get a win in Motown. Daniel Gafford with the offensive putback and victory. Chris Miller, NBC Sports Washington on the call. Wizards needed that one bad. You are clinging 
to life as it pertains to getting into the play-in tournament to just make the playoffs, you can't lose to the Pistons. And luckily for them, Gafford was there to clean up a miss, put it back, and avoid overtime last night. As far as the Nats go, Mackenzie Gore threw yesterday. Very, very high on the lefty who came over from the Padres in the Soto deal. He threw three innings of one-run ball. A little bit discouraged by the fact that he's given up eight hits and has just one strikeout through six innings this spring. But he is on my short list of Nats to watch. I think he's one of the more intriguing players they've got going into the start of the season in the big leagues this year. He'll be a fixture in the front of that rotation. I did read in a Berries for Luga column about Mackenzie Gore that pitching coach Jim Hickey said publicly what we've all kind of been expecting, which is that it is unlikely that they allow him to just pitch every five days all season long and go make 30-plus starts. They're going to put a governor on him. He's had some injury scares over the last calendar year, and so they're going to be careful with him, I think, and it's probably going to be mid-20s, maybe upper 20 starts instead of a full season, assuming he's healthy. Uh, They're going to do what they can to to keep the innings count a little lower in this year where they're not going to be competitive in terms of the postseason. So I don't have a problem with that, but it was good to just get some finality, at least for now, on on how they're thinking about uh, Mackenzie Gore workload for this season. But just some notes I wanted to throw out there right off the top here. So where to begin? Well, I have been watching and listening to a lot of NFL and sports content since yesterday. And the one thing that I think I'm most interested in is the dialogue on Lamar Jackson. Jackson, who got the non-exclusive franchise tag yesterday from the Baltimore Ravens. So let's look first at what that really means from all parties' standpoint. The Ravens decided... We can't get a deal done ahead of the deadline. He thinks he's worth this, and we think he's worth that, whatever those numbers are. Let's make it possible for him to see if he is actually worth what he thinks he is. Allow him to go test the market. And if he can get the money that he thinks he can, we'll either match it if it works for us, or we'll let him go to that team and we'll take two first-round picks from them. So the Ravens just decided non-exclusive. Let's let Lamar test the market, basically. That's what that franchise tag means. And worst case scenario for them, if they can't get a deal in place, if he doesn't get a deal, you keep him in your building, a former MVP who's an outstanding player and a superstar for a pretty affordable rate, the lower of the tag numbers, at $32 million, which frankly is a bargain for Lamar Jackson this coming season. So I think the Ravens putting that tag on him was a no-brainer. Jackson doesn't love it, obviously, because he wants to get to the market as soon as possible, and that makes it more difficult for that to happen. But here is where I think if you're Lamar, yesterday plays into your favor. If you're worth what you think you're worth, if you can get that money, then anybody who says it's crazy that Lamar Jackson wants $45, $50 million a year, it's nuts that he wants a guaranteed contract, Not if someone's willing to give it to them. That's how the market works, right? You are worth what you can get. So Lamar Jackson has a chance to now go to 31 other teams and to 30 other owners and to see if someone's willing to pony up the dough to give him the guaranteed money that he reportedly wants. The other teams have a chance possibly now to bring a former MVP at 26-year-old into the fold. Those guys aren't available. Doesn't happen. 
And I, what I've seen is there's a lot of pushback on the reaction sh- so far from the other teams. Because right away after the non-exclusive tag was used on Lamar Jackson, what you saw yesterday was one club after another telling a reporter to leak that they are not interested in Jackson or won't be in on Lamar. And so the response around the NFL has been, well, this is fishy. This just doesn't make sense. There's collusion happening here. The owners have clearly gotten together since Deshaun Watson got a deal that looks horrific now, by the way, and decided not anymore we're not going to do this. And I'm not here to tell you that didn't happen. I have no idea. It may have. But where I disagree with most of what I am hearing so far is the idea that the owners or the teams, I guess is a better way to put it, because it might be GMs, it, it might be VPs of football ops who feel this way, that they're wrong for not wanting to give Lamar Jackson a fully guaranteed contract. Should teams want to talk to him? Yes. Should clubs kick the tires and see what it would cost? Absolutely. It is foolish not to do that due diligence, but they should do it privately. See, this is the part that I don't really get about what people are screaming about what's going on with Lamar Jackson. The Dolphins came out through Jeff Darlington of ESPN and said, no, we're just, we're not going to be in on him. John Kime, I think, kind of did the uh, announcement in D.C. through Washington and Rivera and whoever else to say the commanders aren't interested in Lamar Jackson, right? There were people around football that were putting that out there who have sources telling him as much. Teams can't publicly come out and announce that they want Lamar Jackson if they have a quarterback. You really think the Dolphins, who, by the way, can't even get involved if they wanted to because they're not allowed to pick in the first round this year. So they have to wait till after the draft to even try to make a trade for Lamar Jackson. But do you really think with Tua coming off of a career year, whatever you think of Tunga Vailoa, that they're just going to come out and, and say publicly, we're interested in Lamar. Look at the Browns and Baker Mayfield or the Falcons and Matt Ryan who would subsequently be traded. You know, the teams that got in on Deshaun Watson last year that we knew about publicly where the reporting was going on about this bidding war for services, almost all of those clubs had to ultimately move the quarterback that they had on their payroll, their incumbent, after they flirted with Deshaun Watson. You're not going to come out and say that you want Lamar Jackson publicly. Even Washington, where you could say, well, Sam Howell, it's just a fifth-round pick. Who really cares? They're trying to build up his confidence and make him feel like he's the guy. They're trying to to send this message to him that you're going to compete. Now, obviously, if you were able to go get Lamar Jackson, you move on from Sam Howell, and who cares? You just got yourself an MVP. But you can be interested. You can do your due diligence. You can be involved in the Jackson sweepstakes without publicly putting a sign up or or floating a balloon in the air that everyone can read that says, we want Lamar Jackson. And I would imagine that a lot of that is happening. You're just not going to put a billboard up to tell everyone you're doing it. Why would you? On top of that, though, I think there's an actual argument to be made for a flip side to it's Lamar Jackson. He won an MVP award. There aren't enough good quarterbacks. You got to give him whatever he wants. Are we sure? Now, 
I happen to think he is a stud, and he is the most electrifying talent in the NFL when he's healthy. But have you done much digging on how the quarterbacks who are guaranteed the most money in this sport have fared lately or how those contracts are going for those teams? The precedent is providing pause right now. Now, you again, we, we can call it collusion or I don't know. I guess collusion means all the owners had an actual conversation where they said, we're not going to do this collectively. So whether that happened or it didn't, Who knows? I would imagine that they didn't all have that conversation, but one way or the other, I don't necessarily think that that is important because my point is the precedent of these deals is another reason why they're not going to continue to happen. The Deshaun Watson contract right now is awful. It's awful. His cap number this year is $54.9 million. It'll be $54.9 million for the three years after that, too. And when deals are fully guaranteed, unlike the Daniel Jones contract or some of these, you know, the Derek Carr, the Geno Smith deal, where the big number is not the real number and there's money to be moved around and you get creative, the fully guaranteed, the Cousins three-year deal in Minnesota, the the, the Deshaun Watson five-year deal in Cleveland for a lot more money, eventually the guy is getting that money. So you could add a void year, you could push some money down the road, but you are paying the piper. And if you look at the Watson contract, I think he ranked 68th out of like 82 quarterbacks who played snaps last year in the NFL via PFF. He was awful. He'll get better as he plays more and as he gets further removed from missing time. But on the books at four straight years at $54.9 million, the Browns would get out of that deal today. The guy who has the second biggest guaranteed number at the quarterback position right now, Kyler Murray who won't play next season because he has a torn ACL, who there are issues with, by the way, outside of just that injury, if the Cardinals could touch a button and be free of that contract right now, I'll bet you they'd do it as they start over with a new head coach this offseason. So we're saying, okay, the team paying the most in guarantees would like to get out of that contract. The team paying the second most in guarantees would like to get out of that contract. Who's third on the list? Russell Wilson in Denver. How's that one working out? I think the Broncos are pumped about what lays ahead in that contract. Fourth on this list, Aaron Rodgers. His team is actively trying to trade him as we speak today. So while I understand where people go, this is kind of weird that these teams are coming out and saying they don't want Lamar Jackson. I don't understand if I don't have a quarterback not being interested in doing some due diligence. And I don't get why a team would quote-unquote not want Jackson. I think every team should want him, just like I want to go to Vegas with my buddies this weekend. But I have a wife and two children and a job, and I'm probably going to not be able to. Yeah, Lamar Jackson, bring him to Washington. That's great. Oh, wait, he wants $50 million a year fully guaranteed over a handful of years, and you're giving up two ones? That's a lot less interesting to me. And that that context needs to be, I think, a part of this discussion beyond just Owners versus players, collusion or no collusion. These guaranteed deals, and I shouldn't even say that because Cousins had the first one, Watson had the second one. There hasn't even been a third one to my knowledge in terms of quarterbacks. But the the, the guaranteed money, when you're talking about 
230 mil to Watson, 190 mil to, to Murray, 161 mil to uh, Wilson. It hasn't worked very well, and that's kind of what happens, right? It, you'll see if something works or it doesn't, and then you add and subtract because of that. Th- there are other reasonable questions, I think, to ask in terms of you know, where we go with Lamar in the next few years. Bottom line is, the team that brings him in, if he's healthy, immediately competes in the playoffs, has one of the best players in the league, most exciting talents in the league, and probably wins a lot of football games. But you're also banking on him getting back to his 2019 play, which was when he won the MVP, which was four seasons ago. That was the year the Nats won the World Series. That was a while ago. In the three seasons since, he's ranked 20th, 19th, and 17th among passers via PFF, and overall at the position, 16th, 20th, and 5th. Two of those three years outside of the top 15. We're not talking about a Daniel Jones contract or a Derek Carr contract, nor should we. He's way better than those guys, and he has an MVP award. But it does make this more complicated. It's not as easy as everyone wants it to be that he's available. By the way, a team that everyone thinks runs itself really well, that has sharp people in charge, that doesn't make a whole lot of terrible decisions, is willing seemingly to opt out. And we're all angry that other teams don't immediately want to jump in and try this? I mean, are the Ravens, the Commanders, and the Browns, and the Texans? No, that's a benefit of the doubt organization. They know more about the player and and about this situation than anybody else. Why aren't they giving them the contract? What do you guys make of what's going on with Lamar Jackson? Let's start there on the phones, 800-636-1067 on the MGM National Harbor listener lines. 800-636-1067. Are you surprised by the seemingly small market for him? Or like me, do you actually think that a team coming out and saying something publicly is not actually the end-all, be-all? That plenty of these teams are going to be making calls and kicking the tires and talking to people behind the scenes, which is what I actually think is going to happen. Grant and Danny, no Danny on the fan. Darris and Ryan on the production. I'm Grant. No Danny today. Hopefully he'll be back tomorrow if he has his voice back. Dealing with a little laryngitis. MGM National Harbor listener lines are yours at 800-636-1067. Are you surprised with how slow developing this market seems to be for Lamar Jackson as a plethora of teams came out that seemed like they might have been suitors yesterday to publicly suggest that they wouldn't be in. I'm going through some reasons why they may have done that. Like you guys, I understand why Lamar is asking for what he is. He should. Deshaun Watson got a contract that, frankly, was incredible, and I'm not sure that anyone's going to get one like it for a long, long time. But Lamar Jackson has a better resume and is a better player and has had more success. And so it stands to reason he should ask for something similar, build in the attrition of the last few years in the salary cap. And I think you could even ask for more. You probably should. I don't have any problem with what he's doing. This is frankly what he should do. I guess where I disagree with what I'm hearing from a lot of people, not only in the media, but the general consensus on Lamar Jackson is, I also don't think it 
is a bad thing that the owners say or that the teams and GMs say, yeah, we're not that interested in that. Teams know as they watch Jalen Hurts and the Philadelphia Eagles get to the Super Bowl this season that the greatest asset you can have in sports is a really good young quarterback on the cheap. Unless you can go find Patrick Mahomes, there's one of those guys, he's the best in the league, or Josh Allen or Joe Burrow or your version of that, the best thing you can do is thrive with a quarterback who isn't making top-of-the-line money, which doesn't mean that you can't pay quarterbacks top-of-the-line money, as we've seen, whether it was here years ago or with the Giants yesterday or with teams like New Orleans bringing in Derek Carr and, and playing, you know, paying a back-end top 10, 12 guy in the league good money. Being adequate at the position is valuable, and Lamar Jackson doesn't just make you adequate. He gives you a chance to have a really special game-changer at QB, which is why I think there will be interest, and I think some of the teams publicly saying that they're not in on Jackson aren't quite telling the truth. As I told you, just coming out and screaming that you want him when two is your starter or you've got a guy that you're paying already or that you've told going into the offseason you know, is going to be the starter next year, the Falcons and Desmond Ritter, Washington and Sam Howell. I understand it's Jackson, and eventually that guy doesn't matter a whole lot. But there's ways to go about your business behind the scenes. That's how you handle most things in the NFL. There, there are also actual numbers and, and, and things we don't think about. As an example, at minimum, you probably have to have $10 million in cap space based on all the numbers when you're bringing him in on a huge contract, okay? In other words, let's go through this. I was talking with a, an influential agent of some stars in the NFL today about this. But let's just say Lamar is able to seek out a deal with the Raiders or, or another team, and they give him something similar to what's reported to be what he wants. Even if they make the first year of that deal cap number as small as possible, you're saving $10, $12 million against your cap for at least a full week that you can't use or do anything with because the, the Ravens have a full week to match the offer. And the league year is about to start. So what that means is not only are you setting cash aside, small price to pay for a guy like Lamar Jackson, but you need to have that money. So just as an example, the Jets right now, they don't have that money. Like to trade for Aaron Rodgers, they're going to have to rework his contract, right? If the Jets, let's just say hypothetically, wanted to get a deal in place with Lamar Jackson to create that space, they're cutting a really good player. It just adds to the complications. Washington right now, if, if they got a deal in place with Lamar Jackson, would have a few million dollars in cap space for the next week or so. They could make it work, but they might have to release a player or two. Not to say that you can't do that or you shouldn't move those mountains to get a quarterback. My point is just there are complications that don't really get talked about. That's all. And then there's Jackson specifically and the question of, Where's the line of demarcation on who is worth these contracts? Who should be getting these deals? I'm not talking about two years fully guaranteed. I would do stuff like that all the time. Even a three-year, like the one Cousins got from um, the Minnesota Vikings, where if Jackson said, I want three years fully guaranteed, $42 million a year, I think there's a, a line of teams that would enjoy that. That's not really what we're talking about. We're talking about four, or in the case of Watson, five years, and we're not talking about $40 million. We're talking about $50 million. Right, an additional $50 million overall in guaranteed money going to the quarterback. So what is the line of demarcation on who gets those? Is Lamar Jackson in that 
Patrick Mahomes, Josh Allen. Who else are we putting in there? Joe Burrow category? Maybe you think he is. He certainly was in 2019, no doubt about it. MVP league, best player in the NFL. He was unbelievable. That was four seasons ago. He has not finished either of the last two years. Doesn't mean he's going to get hurt, but it's just a reality that you deal with. He has not been on the field down the stretch for either of the last two years. And speaking of the end of last season, specific to Lamar Jackson and teams lining up for his services and whether or not he is you know, above that threshold, it's got to be a real small group of VIPs that can get that fully guaranteed deal. There's only been one of those mega guaranteed contracts ever to Watson when we're talking about $230 million in guarantees. To put on the, the, the members-only jacket and get into that club of the Kyler Murray, Deshaun Watson guaranteed money. Really, I guess it's him and Deshaun sitting in the room with the mega full guarantees. The end of last season was really, really weird in Baltimore. Remember, he had teammates calling him out and questioning his absence and whether or not he could get back. And I thought that was unfair to the player, frankly. I didn't love that, that... um one of his wide receivers, Sammy Watkins, did that. But, I mean, he had all kinds of reports and things swirling and the team not grabbing his back about how this injury that wasn't supposed to linger as long as it did, did. And then he's got teammates screaming about how they wanted him back, thought he could be back, hypothesizing that the contract was a factor. My point is not to say that any of that is true, but the reality is that that did take place going into the market. And those types of things, before you hand the keys to the kingdom to a guy for the next five years, the likes of which you haven't before, should be factors. Now, you could come back and say, well, look what the Browns did. Look what they gave Deshaun Watson with what he was coming off of. And to that, I would say, the Browns are not a real example here. They did something that I don't think anyone else would do. And while it happened, there's a precedent for it. I think a lot of teams view the Browns as silly geese. I don't think they go, well, Cleveland did this thing. This is something we should consider. I think they go, can you believe Cleveland just did that? They are the guy that uh, spent a million on a home in the neighborhood where everyone else is spending $770. And I don't think that means that the next person plans on just offering a million in cash. Let's go to the phones. 800-636-1067. Mike's in Rockville. Hey, Mike. Hey, how's it going, man? Good. So here's the deal. When I'm thinking about Watson, I think this is a great move for the Ravens. I mean, it's a smart franchise. The front office has always done well. They're letting somebody else negotiate for Jackson. Obviously, they can't, they're not having a lot of success with negotiating. Let them go out. Let them see what the market is. Let somebody else do the hard work and figure out what they want to pay them. And then if you want it, you can match it. And if not, you walk away with the two first-round picks. Absolutely. There's also the option of a sign-and-trade, which is to say that you could not just have to get the two first-round picks, but I'll just make something up here, okay, completely hypothetical. Let's say the Houston Texans, who I think make a lot of sense for Lamar Jackson as an example. They have the money, liquid, they got the cash, they're ready to go. They need a quarterback, they're... Supposedly picking real high, right? Number two overall. The Texans could get a deal in place with Lamar Jackson. They could say $50 million a year for the next four seasons, $200 million guaranteed. I'm, again, spitballing. 
They could then say to the Ravens, sign and trade style, okay, we'll give you the number two overall pick in the draft straight up for Lamar Jackson, and we're going to sign him to this contract. The Ravens could say yes or no. Yes, they get two ones. That is their prerogative. But if they chose to, there is the, the, the semantics are now that it's a sign-in trade rather than just the agreement of the deal. They turn down the option, right? Where the, the Texans could come to Baltimore and kind of work this out and say, we'll give you the number two pick. Let us work out a deal with Lamar. They could do it that way too. I would just kind of hang tight and say either I get two number ones or Lamar plays for me next season. Because, oh, by the way, He's a good football player, and my team's a playoff team with him. Last year, the Ravens made the playoffs and almost beat the Bengals in the first round. Jackson wasn't available, wasn't there to to be able to to post. But in the meantime, if Huntley doesn't fumble on the goal line, the Ravens beat Cincinnati in a playoff game. The Bengals end up flirting with another Super Bowl appearance. They're not that far off. What do you think is going to happen with Lamar Jackson? 800 636 1067. Brad Spielberger of PFF joins me at the top of the hour. I got four Caps tickets for you today at 4 o'clock. And speaking of 4 o'clock in the Beltway Blitz and the Caps, Nick Dowd is on the show for his weekly appointment. No Danny. I'm Grant. This is The Fan. Yeah, Wednesday. Welcome back. G&D without D. You are listening to The Fan. Got some good audio for you real quick. Top of the hour, Brad Spielberger of Pro Football Focus going to join me. I want to hop around some of the player movement in the quarterback market with him. We talked a lot early here about Lamar Jackson. Aaron Rodgers to the Jets could be a real thing. Daniel Jones got a ton of money, essentially. Looks like a three-year deal at about $37 million per year for him. Was reported at four and one sixty. You peel back some of the layers. Looks like the Giants could get out of that deal for almost nothing after three years. What amazed me about that contract, though, was the money in the first two years. About eighty-two million for him. Different than cap number, which is really all that matters to the team. I would say specific to you know spending on other players. But we can dive into the specifics with Spielberger, who's worked in an NFL front office on salary caps. I think that'll be a really insightful conversation. In about 10 minutes. I heard this today. I thought it was really, really funny. Ryan showed this to me. The Clippers owner in the NBA is Steve Ballmer. And you've seen this guy. He's always fired up about something, screaming at games, going ham sandwich. You know, what do billionaires get excited about, you wonder? I think the answer is toilets. I wish I cared about anything as much as Steve Ballmer cares about toilets. Now, this is my deductive reasoning. He's got a hard hat on. He's at a podium. He's screaming about a building project. I'm assuming they're building a stadium. I really don't know. That that is what I have decided based on this clip of audio that I have heard. But I just think it's funny that Steve Ballmer is so excited to talk about toilets. Toilets! 1,160 toilets and urinals. Three times the NBA average number of toilets and urinals. We do not want people waiting in line. We want them to get back to their damn seats uh, at the end of the half before the game. Clock! The idea that he just screams toilets and people applaud, I don't know why I find that funny. Toilets. Now, again, I, I can kind of tell what's happening here. He's giving a speech about the new stadium. He's going through all the specifics. Seating. And then he tells you about that. And then he goes, you know, beverage options. And we talk, But he gets to toilets. And everyone goes, yeah. 
Tell me more about these toilets. They shoot water at you? What do they do exactly? What are we talking about here? 1,160 toilets and urinals. Three times the NBA average. Fist pump. Let me hear it again. I mean, he's, that's what he's claiming victory on, right? We got more toilets. Maybe not better toilets, but more. You're going to get back to the game faster. Toilets! 1,160 <laughs> toilets and urinals. Three times the NBA average number of toilets and urinals. We do not want people waiting in line. We want them to get back to their damn seats uh, at the end of the half before the game. I know I'm immature. I, that's just funny to me. When you guys have to go to the bathroom, we're going to have the softest, best toilet paper in the world. Yeah. If you've got a spare square, hand it to your partner underneath of the, the stall door, and they're going to love how soft that toilet paper is. Yeah. <laughs> Toilets. Great audio. Charles is in Woodbridge on Grant and Danny. What's up, Charles? How are you? What's up, man? I just wanted to say with this um, Lamar Jackson thing, man, I think it's the owners are trying to stick together um, because now they just, they basically trying to let him see what he's worth. So if you got all of these teams saying, well, we're not interested, we're not interested, we're not. Okay. The scale salary for these quarterbacks are set by these owners who give out these big contracts. Like you can't even count the Browns out. They gave that man that big contract. Right. That's what Watson that's, was worth because someone gave it to him. Right. So now that's the scale pay for a top quarterback. But see, here's the problem with that. It's a great call. And, and you're not wrong about you are worth what someone's willing to give you. But when someone goes way out of line and does something that no one else would do and that doesn't make sense, which I think most of us look at what happened with Deshaun Watson, all the way down to the nuances and the specifics of the deal where they – basically helped him out in the first year so that his suspension didn't cost him a lot of money after the allegations, which were pretty horrific. It was a deal that a lot of us didn't think made any sense. And I think there are a lot of other owners that didn't think it made sense. Your point is also probably accurate, which is these teams don't want to be paying massive guaranteed contracts. And I admire that Lamar is going to try to make this happen. I think Kyler and Russell Wilson and some of the other guys that came after Watson should have fought really hard. They probably did. And those teams said, uh-uh, not happening. So I get what Lamar's doing. I, I think I he should be doing it. I also understand where the teams are coming from. I point to, again, the deals that have been struck where the guys have the most guaranteed money and the top three of those deals look really bad right now. And the fourth, the dude's about to get traded. The team is ready to move on from him. That's hard to overcome as an argument, I would say. Let's talk to Brad Spielberger of PFF about this next on G&D. Those Caps tickets for you at 4 o'clock. you got to be listening. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. 
Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See t 